Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been, and will always be, about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Oliver Wynn. He's the analytics capper. You can find him on Twitter, at analytics capper. This is your weekend recap and awards update, as well as your Monday Best Bets episode. Lots to get to tonight. We will start, Albert, with the wide open West, as Denver Nuggets, we'll start there. The Denver Nuggets got themselves one seed by beating the Grizzlies about nine days ago. And I talked about how, hey, you can probably expect the Nuggets to be pretty rough here for the next little bit because they're going to downshift because they've essentially locked the one seed. May have downshifted a bit too far. They have now lost three straight, matches their longest losing streak of the season. They play the Toronto Raptors in Toronto on Tuesday. The Nuggets are a bad road team. Toronto's going to be mad. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now. Raptors could be one of my best bets for that game. We'll just go ahead and spoiler alert that game whenever that line comes out. They've played awful. Uh, the defense has been a mess. They can't get stops. I guess my question for you is the data, and I ran this by Seth Part now, who, who's over at The Athletic and dunked on a bunch of other places, wrote a couple books on, wrote a book on analytics, is writing another one. Uh, I talked to Seth about this, about what's the correlation between late season performance and playoff success. And he was like, there's none. Like, it's not negative, right? It's not like you play badly in the last month of the season and you kick ass in the playoffs. There's just no data that suggests that, like, how you play in this last month of the season has any correlation to how you perform in the playoffs. But it doesn't feel that way right now. So my question for you is, is this worrying? Or do you think this is just let down from the Denver Nuggets? I don't think it's worrying, and I also, I also don't think it's let down. Obviously, they're not playing as good as they were, uh, you know, throughout the season. Yes, it's been a couple, couple bad games here, but I, I think we kind of got into this uh, last weekend, Matt. Um, this week of games, it's like four really bad teams, and there's going to be not not a mental letdown or a physical letdown, but there's just going to be an innate like. Okay, if Jamal's hurt, we'll rest them extra. If Aaron Gordon is hurt, okay, let's sit him out for this for this quarter. I mean, just still a man amongst boys. He's still putting up ridiculous numbers, but more numbers. He's making such a huge influence on these games. When he sits, and I'm sure Matt, you know the the plus and minus is when he's off and on the court. When he's off the team, just can't do anything. When he's on the court, they obliterate the the other side, and. I, I bet Mike Malone in his head is thinking, well, the West is wrapped up. I'm not going to, you know, run my guys into the ground right now. We have bigger, bigger, you know, bigger picture to look at. So I wouldn't be too worried about Denver. 
I still think they are by far the class of the West. Um, there's just so many other question marks with some of the the staple teams from the Suns, the Warriors, teams like that. So no, I'm not worried about them at all. I'll say this. Uh, the Suns price dipped following KD's injury. It went to plus 290. So I went ahead and I put in, like, I'm getting bucks at plus 150 behind the Celtics to win the East and the Suns plus 290 behind the Nuggets to win the West. So I went ahead and put in a Celtics or a Bucks Suns 2021 finals rematch play into the app. I went ahead and and, and dropped that one in there just because we talked about how there's going to be a, a better spot to bet Phoenix after the trade deadline. I don't know that this is the low point, right? Because if Katie's going to be out several, at least three weeks. So if they lose a couple more, it's entirely possible you get a better price on Phoenix with KD out. Like they have to react to these games. Um, I think it's interesting that they do, right? That like we saw this with Curry last year, that Curry sets out, Curry, Curry gets injured with the ankle. He's out. The Warriors price plummeted. It was like mm-hmm. 10 to one before the playoffs began to win the title. And I was like, guys, he's going to like, they've been pretty obvious that he's going to be fine. Now, KD, I think it's a little bit more up in the air as far as like when he'll be back. Like, I think it's possible this reaches into the playoffs, at least like the first round, like a little bit. Oh, wow. Okay. But even then, I still think that there's probably value on, on Phoenix. I don't know this is the low point, but I know that this is an overreaction to an ankle injury when like the odds are that by mid-April, he's back to full strength. Yeah, this is close to a low point. If it's not today, I think they play the Warriors next in in San Francisco. You guys, everybody knows how elite the Warriors are at home. Uh, If they lose that big matchup, marquee matchup against the Warriors, maybe that's a good spot to jump in. But if you're a a Suns believer right now, I think it's good. Uh, You'll probably get, you know, 10 to 20 cents better if you wait until after that game. But um, I think, yeah, if you're a believer, it's, it's a good time to jump in. I love the Kings, man. Uh, I know nobody really looks at them from a from a postseason perspective. Everyone sees the great offense, uh, bad defense, um, but I, I just like their energy. And I think there's always one or two teams every couple of years that just like make a splash on the scene and um, you know just win one series. Like just because they did a great had a great regular season, people don't believe in the postseason. Doesn't mean they're going to lose in the first round, in my opinion. Right? They yeah. get into the second round. And they become a tough out and they become more confident as the games go on. I mean, I, I like the Kings, man. I, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on there. I agree. And they're being undervalued by the market. I totally agree with that. Uh, elsewhere, because we got to talk about this from jumping from the Nuggets conversation and Jokic, following what is, in my opinion, the worst week of MVP discourse I have ever seen in terms of how rancid it got. Uh, Joel Embiid, Sixers have won five in a row. Embiid has retaken the scoring lead. Embiid's played phenomenal. Harden's double edition, double digit assists every night. I have a Harden to lead the league in assist ticket that is looking golden right now. Uh, Embiid's been fantastic, playing terrific. Sixers are surging. The Bucks lost to the Warriors on Saturday night because Jan, well, not because in that game, Giannis sat out with with hand soreness. Remember, he injured that hand the game before the All Star break, mm-hmm. and then he comes back. And plays and then he's out with soreness on a national tv game that was weird that was a weird thing to have happen it does look like Giannis is not going to wind up playing as many games as Jokic or Embiid it does look like the Nuggets are struggling right now and Embiid is surging it does seem like there is a strong feeling amongst I don't know I don't know how to say this is like I don't feel that this is representative of the voters but there is like a basketball 
world view that they really want Joel Embiid to win this award. He hasn't won one. You know, Jokic winning it would be weird for a number of reasons. Embiid's plus 250 right now. Giannis is plus 900. Jokic is minus 250. Where's the value for MVP right now? I personally think it's a it's a small discount for a Jokic price right now. Um, I think it you know it's his award to lose. Um, even though they're on a three game winning uh, losing streak, sorry, uh, last two games 35, 20, and eleven. Game before that 37, 11, 11. Again, both in losing efforts. Uh, the whole goal of the game is to win, but. I mean, it's not like Jokic is is losing these games for them. Uh, he did miss a, I think it was like a pretty bad free throw at the end of the game tonight. But with that being said, I think it's his to to lose. And if you really believe that, which I personally do, um, you're getting a better number right now than you did last week. So I, I think it's a little bit of a discount at minus two fifty. Uh, but I do want to give Joel Embiid his flowers. He yeah. he's had an unbelievable season. The most important, most impressive thing is what Madge just mentioned. He's going to end up playing more games than Giannis. Giannis is known as a guy who never takes a, a, a possession off, never takes a game off, plays through everything. And Joel Embiid has the reputation that's the complete opposite, and he's going to end up playing more games. So props to him there. Number-wise, he's unbelievable. He's hit so many game winners. He's put that team on his back as well. Um, but at the end of the day, they're going to finish, I think, right, right under Denver, and I know in the past, maybe there wasn't that much emphasis on winning, um, you know, recent past after the Russell Westbrook MVP, but it's still winning. And I think Jokic is obviously they're going to have to get back to their winning ways. They can't continue to lose out, but um, I'm confident they'll find their way and, and give me Jokic at minus 250. We'll come back to this in a second when we run through the awards. Finally, let's talk about the Lakers. Uh, Lakers got some big wins. They've been on this big losing winning streak. Then... Sunday night, the Knicks did hold on and got the win, came back from down, uh, got the win to end this West Coast road trip. They wound up splitting the uh, L.A. nightlife set. That was a big win for the Knicks. They nice. played Saturday afternoon. Had They got in town Friday, were in L.A. on Friday night, played an early game versus the Clippers, had Saturday night off in L.A., had a late game Sunday on East Coast time and instead playing in a very late game and got the win versus the Lakers. That's a quality win. A lot of teams get tripped up by that L.A. nightlife set. So as a result, the Los Angeles Lakers slip now into a tie with the Utah Jazz, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Oklahoma City Thunder at 35 losses. The Wolves play the Hawks tomorrow on the road. They're underdogs. The Mavericks play the Grizzlies again tomorrow without Luka, probably without Kyrie, their dogs if the wolves and mavericks lose we're gonna have one two three four five six teams in the western conference play-in race tied in the loss column at 35 just amazing stuff i was asked by a colleague that covers the lakers hey i, I think this team is good what am i wrong and i was like you're not wrong in terms of they can play like a good team like the question is like what the average is of the Lakers. And we don't know that yet. And you say like, well, but they're going to get LeBron back. And I, I agree. And LeBron obviously makes them better. That's like the understatement of the year. <laughs> but at the same time, like the Lakers have proven to be inconsistent. They also got the Warriors at home when the Warriors are the worst road team in the league. They got mm -hmm. the Grizzlies in the midst of absolute disarray, chaos without jaw. 
And like they've had a fortunate run of opponent. Someone noted tonight, I saw this, that opponents have been shooting under 30% from three versus the Lakers during this stretch. A lot of analytics guys will tell you that the the number one like luck factor is three-point shooting. You can control mm-hmm. how much the opponent shoots, but what their percentage is, it, you can influence it with good defense and contest, but it's hard to consistently put that up as far as like a, a marker of good defense. So I think there's probably something to be said for that. My question for you is, I think that te- that everyone's kind of buying high on the Lakers right now. I talked about it with Brandon. Like I put it in the app. I have a I put in a Lakers Celtics like finals ticket. Lakers Celtics. Oh, wow. Lakers, wow. Lakers Bucks. Yep. <laughs> like I'm not ruling them out. I'm gonna go ahead and get the money in now. <laughs> but I am kind of curious as far as like there's a lot of money coming in on Lakers to make the playoffs. And I kind of wonder if there might be a spot for Pelicans, Thunder, Mavericks, Wolves, one of these other teams, if the market is overrating what the Lakers can accomplish. Yeah, out of those teams you listed are like Minnesota the most. Um, But really what happened tonight, right? Anthony Davis came in um, previous games here, 38 and 5, 39 and 8. I think the game after that, 30 and 22, an unbelievable game against uh, Memphis there. And then uh, what? eight points against Toronto, the game uh, before tonight, and then only 17 tonight. So a, a, combina- uh, a cumulative uh, total of only 25 points in the last two games, including one for five from free throws total in the last two games. You don't want to see that from Anthony Davis. That means he's either either settling or not just not, not healthy. So um, again, the engine right now is Anthony Davis. That's even with LeBron coming back. LeBron has always mentioned like you know at this stage of his his career like it's supposed to be anthony davis's team and we saw when he plays at that all nba level he could definitely lead this team uh um to to the promised land right in the bubble but you're right the last last three or four games here they've gotten really lucky with their schedule uh they finally faced a quality new york knicks team who didn't shoot really well but they hit really clutch threes at the end to to win there um but if I were to bet, I I just can't see this team not making the playoffs. I don't want to see them in tenth though. If you're if you're a Lakers fan, tenth means there's no room to mess up, right? You can't right. lose that first plan game because you're out. You need to get at least to to seven and eight, at least to have a buffer zone. Because what Matt alluded to, this team is so inconsistent. They might have to go one and one just to get into the playoffs. If they go to Utah for a 10-9 matchup, like, they'll be heavy favorites on the road. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, Utah could just shoot the lights out and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like, Lauren Markkinen puts in 30 and you're, that's it. Nope. That's it. So, uh, something to keep in mind. As we always do, we're going to run through who we bet on the awards if we had a bet right now. We'll start with MVP. I, I've talked about how Giannis isn't going to play as many games. I will still say Giannis plus 900 is the wrong price. So, I don't think, think that Joker at minus 250 is a sale. I don't think it's a cheap price. I know you do. You made the case earlier. You can talk a little bit more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, look, I'll just say this. This is a betting show, so we're not going to get into whether or not like it was accurate or fair or all of the dynamics in play. Um, like I have my own views on, on things, and if you read my timeline, you can pick up where I stand on a lot of issues. I will just say this. The interjection of a vote for Joker essentially would be the product of systemic racism will translate to if you vote for joker you're embracing systemic racism which will translate to if you vote for joker you're racist like i am just saying what like that is the implication that was lobbed into the field by kendrick perkins last monday like 
that's what happened. Uh, I have gotten, I've asked a lot of people this. I've tried to stay away from asking voters because I don't think it's fair to ask them this question. I just don't think it's fair. I've asked a lot of people about what their opinion is going to be. Um, people that follow the race pretty closely. And it's pretty split as far as there's a strong contingent that says like, it's not going to matter at all. This was a one week blip from Kendrick Perkins. And by the end of the season, everyone will have forgotten about it. It will not wind up impacting the vote. Other people like me believe that this may have poisoned the waters a little bit. Mm. Like, even if it doesn't wind up impacting the overall winner, I can't tell you that that kind of thing is not going to weigh on the voter base. Like, I just think it's going to be part of the conversation. And as such, I can't tell you that that you should bet, you bet on Joker right now. I don't think it's like, I think if you have a wild card variable that only impacts one player the way that this does, I think that at the very least, I have to say you should not bet MVP right now. Or at least should not bet Joker for MVP. If I had to bet right now, I bet Giannis. As I mentioned, Giannis hasn't played as many games, won't wind up playing as many games. However, I do think that there is let's let's let me put it this way. If the performance logged, if all of the numbers are irrelevant because of the conversation that's being had about Joker right now, if all of those are, are irrelevant, and we accept that like right now. Joel Embiid is like at his apex. Like this is the high point for Embiid's value. He's playing awesome. He's retaking the scoring lead. Hasn't had an embarrassing game. He's won all these. Won all, he beat Giannis and Joker, like riding high. And if Embiid continues to do that, then he's like, I think his odds to win are very good. Mm-hmm. We got four weeks left. They're, he's going to play both those guys. History suggests that probably there will be a little bit of leveling here. And if it just levels out, even if MB continues to play awesome, because he's been phenomenal, me for me, Giannis at plus nine hundred is the guy that everybody's going to go like. I don't, look, I don't know how to parse through all this other stuff. I know that Giannis is the best player in the game. I don't know how to parse through all this other stuff. I know that Giannis has won a title. I don't know how to parse through all this other stuff. It looks very much like the Bucks are going to be the one seed. So screw it. I'm going to take a guy that's already won it with incredible statistics that I think is the best player in the league on the best team, like. To me, that's very that's a very safe answer. And so for me, Giannis at plus 900 is the best price on the board right now. This is how far detached I am from the entire thing. I didn't even know the whole Kendrick Perkins yeah. thing was, was going on. I just uh, know what I know and what I read on, on Twitter. But um, you're right. From a value standpoint, Giannis is, is a great look right now because he hasn't played in seven days. And I don't think he's going to play, um, you know, Monday night or maybe even the game after that. So he's going to be out you know, out of our minds, you know, out of sight, out of mind for two weeks, really. So uh, once he does come back and there's 10 games left in the season and he just goes berserk on on everybody and they they stay number one seed overall, then yeah, he, he has a really good case. Um, when it comes to Yo- uh, when it comes to Joker for me, Nikola Jokic, um, this is a really good situation or a good opportunity for the nuggets right they're coming off three straight losses which you alluded to but now they're going to be on the road for five games this can really you know not really make or break the season but this can really help the team even get closer and and believe in even harder right toronto detroit new york brooklyn washington not world beaters but definitely you know east coast travel um weather might be an issue like there's going to be moments where this team is going to have to spend time together and and you know build that camaraderie this five game road trip if they go five and oh if they go four and one Jokic is going to be the front of mind again so to me I, I don't even view Embiid as someone that's a 
that's a threat to this award. I know he's been unbelievable and, and amazing, but again, I've been so detached with what the media is saying. I have no idea what's going on there, but to me is Jokic. For defensive player of the year, boy, this market is baffling. Let's talk about that one real quick first. Um, so this this and it's moving constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh Lopez had closed on Triple J on Jaron Jackson Jr. And then Jaron kind of separated himself. And now someone must have come in and bet the market on Sunday night because now it's Lopez minus 135, Jaron Jackson Jr. plus 125. Mm-hmm. You're listening to this podcast. You want opinions, you want analysis. All I can do is give you my best opinion. My best opinion is that I do not think this is based on any sort of hard intel on where the vote is headed. I cannot, in good conscience, be like, well, you know, Brooke Lopez, I'm not going to sit here and say that a market move for a vote that we have almost zero polling on, intel on, et cetera. What I will tell you is that there is nothing from my analysis of it, that would suggest that Jaron Jackson Jr. should not be the favorite. He leads in defensive rating. The Grizzlies are a better defensive team. Uh, Since he came back, his on-court is better. Uh, He leads the league in blocks. The blocks are insane level, and that's like not a good arbiter of what what real defense is, but every other measure backs up Jaron as well. The idea here is that the the Grizzlies could really lose without Jaw. And then Jaron's case won't look as good. I think that ignores the like the way the voters look at defense, which is I don't necessarily think that they think like Jaron's not supposed to win them games. Jaron's supposed to play good defense, and Jaron's continued to play great defense. Albert, I just gotta tell you, I do not understand Brooke Lopez minus one thirty-five. I can t- I believe Jaron. We're getting Jaron Jackson at a plus number. I think this is way off. All I can say is that, like I have bet Jaron. I will continue to bet Jaron. Plus one in twenty-five is a bad number. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, it kind of makes sense, Matt. So the last week or so, it's, it's recency bias, right? Because Brook Lopez has had a really good week defensively when it comes to counting metrics. Um, when we do steals plus blocks in his last four games, six, ten, four, and four. That ten steals and blocks. That was a game where he had nine blocks. I mean, that's super impressive. So I understand why that might be shifting some of the perception there. And then on the other side of the fence. With Jaw out for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, Jaron Jackson is now trying to win games, but offensively. So now he's trying to score more. He's trying to shoot more. So he's not as focused on defense. So you see a little, uh, a little downturn when it comes to his numbers. But I fully, one hundred percent, wholeheartedly agree with Matt here. This is a Jaron Jackson award, and I think this is really just being a prisoner of the moment because Brooke had a really good week. I think. Uh, once they, you know, pull back the curtains and look at it from a 10,000 foot view, they'll see, you know, the the body of work that Jaron Jackson has done. And I think this is another discount for me at plus money for the runaway favorite, in my opinion. Brogdon for six man of the year is my pick minus 125. You're with me on this as well. Uh, IQ became the favorite really briefly, Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks. He had an awful, awful game on Friday, um, or was it Saturday, I believe, versus the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I have a, just, I don't know how the, the at some point you have to be like, look, the, the voters are going to pull up all the numbers for these guys and they're just going to compare them. Like they will do that. That's a reasonable thing to do. Regardless of how you feel about stats, like I'm not even talking like advanced stuff. I'm just saying like per game box score stuff. And it's going to be very hard to compare Emmanuel quickly and Malcolm Brogdon and be like, 
oh yeah, it's manual. Like, I don't know how that's, that's going to happen. So, you know, I've given up on Norman Powell. He would, I, I believe he would have been, been the rightful winner had he stayed healthy. He just got hurt too much. Uh, I don't regret giving out that pick. He just, that, that shoulder injury, I think robbed him of when like the Clippers are starting to surge. Now he would have looked great in these games, but Brogdon's the safe pick minus 125. He's the favorite. I do think he's going to wind up winning. Yeah, once quickly became the favorite, he had that three-point stinker against the Kings. It was actually Thursday night, Matt. There we go. Uh, he was yeah one for eleven from the field, one for eight from three, only three points. He's gotten a couple back-to-back nice games there, uh, both teams against LA. But I agree. Like I think there's going to be another award here. What we'll get to where the New York momentum is going to push that guy to potentially win. He's going to be my pick. But for this award, uh, which you and I have been complaining about the sport all season long. It doesn't really make any sense. I agree. It's Brogdon for now. And finally, most improved player. Lori's now minus 310. Lori Markin is now minus 310. I don't know. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, I still don't understand. Like, I'm kind of accepting at this point. Shea's probably not going to win because they decided to arrest him. And I think the recency bias is going to hurt him. I just think people are going to have forgotten about Shea, which sucks because I'm just like, guys, this is not comparable. Like the best player out of all these gaps and the player that's made the biggest leap year over year is Shea Gillers Alexander. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Uh, but you have a, a take on this. You believe that Brunson is the best value on the board. Yeah, so I agree with you. Shea is the best player out of the three guys that we're discussing, but I think there's going to be overwhelming energy and momentum out of the the Knicks media and just Knicks nation in general. Um, Brunson's been out now for a couple games um, but once he does come back and the Knicks go on a, another huge heater, like a 10 game winning streak, which they just went through and he had 40 point games, a couple of 38s, 39 point games. Um, I think he's really going to close in on Larry, especially because the Knicks are front and center in the, uh, in the playoff discussion. I don't know if Utah is going to be there at the end. It really, maybe, you know, more than I do. It really just depends on Jalen's foot injury. If it's somewhat serious and he's going to miss more than two to three games, then yeah, I can see Larry running away with this. But if Brunson comes back in half a week or a week and is able to play the the final 15 games, I think he might steal it. I feel like we're in a very dangerous spot for recency bias where it feels like all the momentum is in one direction this week and it can feel entirely different in two weeks. Yeah. But because there's so little time left in the season, these feel like they're impacting both the markets and our thinking more like this feels like a, just a very dangerous time. If you're trying to parse through what's real and what's not, you agree. I fully agree. And we're seeing that with the markets, man, we're seeing that every single week, even the, the, the beginning of this podcast, we've started uh, recording. Um, I think, I think, uh, Brooke Lopez was minus 110. Now you said he's minus 135. That's half yeah. an hour later. That's a that's a huge movement in half an hour. So yes, there's a lot of reaction. There's a lot of overreaction. It's important for you to, for our listeners, to, to stay educated and just keep your ear on the ground. All right, so these are best bets for Monday. I will start. I'm going to take, uh, I have two unders for plays okay. on Monday. I have the under 240 and a half with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Atlanta Hawks. This is basically just a numbers play. Uh, I have this one projected at 233, so I have a very big edge here. Uh, also, I would just note that the Hawks defense plays much better at home. We're seeing this trend. One of the reasons why the road away splits are very wide is that teams are playing great defense at home and horrible defense on the road. And it doesn't balance out necessarily because there's just a handful of teams that kind of fit that category. Um, But I will go ahead and I'll take the under in Minnesota and Atlanta tomorrow night. I will also take the under in Phoenix at Golden 
Golden State. This is like the biggest example of it. This total is 239 and a half. That's sky high, almost 240, right? For the Warriors at home have been an excellent defensive team. The Warriors on the road are an absolutely dog shit defensive team. And that's just been consistent throughout the entire season. Um, when the Warriors are favored at home this season, the under is 15, 14, and one. So a little bit of an edge at 52%. Overall at home for the Warriors, you're looking at 59% because they just hold their opponent. They play much better defense. Their defensive rating is stark between being on the road and at home. The Suns without KD, I think that they will struggle to score, but their defense, I think, will continue to hold up pretty well so i'll go ahead and take the under 239 and a half there uh do you have plays for me for the monday yeah just just to piggyback on your first uh first uh, play there i like the hawks at home um it's a nice bounce back for them they just gave up 134 points to the boston celtics you would expect that to be a lot better they've been playing actually better defense in their previous two games they only gave up 107 120 respectively to Washington. Um, but to head-to-head matchup, they've dominated this matchup with Minnesota. I think they've covered the last five or six games against the spread against Minnesota. Again, it's hard to play at home in Atlanta. And um, we we've we mentioned this sometimes in our best bets episodes, but there are players out there that don't play very that many very many minutes, but we know if you follow the league, they have a pretty big influence on the game. And Austin Rivers, he only plays like 10, 15 minutes, but he's a third, good third guard there without him to play against Atlanta, which is a guard-heavy team. I think Atlanta is just going to dominate them. So I I think they're going to bounce back and cover that five pretty easily. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Buckets for a Monday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with a Best Bets episode with Albert and Jay Money. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Download the Action Network app. Okay, brackets out. You're going to want to get all the information. Download the Action Network app. It's got big bets on campus. We did a live show, breaking down the bracket. There's so much content in there on the bracket. Get in there right now. Get set for March Madness later in the week. You can follow Albert on Twitter at Analytics Capper. I'm on Twitter at HB Basketball. We'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.